Hello, everyone. Welcome to DBT Minisode number two. Um, I'm just going to kick this off with my normal intro. Just a reminder that I'm not a doctor, therapist, psychologist, psychiatrist, counselor, or mindset coach. I'm just here walking everyone through my journey of having BPD and working towards recovery and management of borderline personality disorder. So this week in my group DBD, um, we started out with a five-minute meditation and mindfulness exercise. This is something that we're going to do every session for the next six months. So once a week for the next six months or five and a half months at this point, we're going to be doing this. Um, This week's I found really calming, but I have a lot going on. So I did find that my mind wandered quite a bit in this five minute time frame. I'm a lot better with shorter guided meditations or mindfulness exercises. Probably like two minutes is kind of my sweet spot. Um, But I'm also a really big fan of practicing mindfulness in my daily life. Um, Things like mindfully washing the dishes, having mindful showers or doing my skincare in a mindful manner, or even just mindfully watching TV or eating. So basically, that's just focusing on the task that I have at hand and fully taking in everything about it, all the experiences. So really using my senses uh, while I'm doing that task, how things feel, how things smell, that kind of thing, and keeping my thoughts on that task in that moment. We then went on to review last week's homework, um, which is on wise mind skills and their application. And then we watched this really interesting video from Marshall Linenhan about mindfulness. Um, I'm going to link it down in the show notes and why mindfulness is the first skill module that's taught in DBT. Uh, she's going to explain it a lot better than I could ever try to. So after reviewing our homework, um, we got started on our new skills for this week. And the skills that we learned in week two are the how and what skills. So how skills are not interesting, but a little harder to do, in my opinion, because you can only do one of these uh, following little mini skills or items at a time. So the first one that we discussed was um, taking a non-judgmental stance. So seeing but not evaluating, just looking at the facts, the what not really looking at things as being or looking for the good or the bad, the should or should not. And then the next phase is to let go of your opinions. Uh, We're just looking at the facts, um, the four W's, the who, what, where, when, and then we're going to accept. So accept each moment and everything that comes with it. So an example of that is, say it is raining outside. All we can say is that it's raining. That is the fact. Um, We're not going to go into the thoughts of my day is ruined because it's raining. Life is going to be awful because it's raining. We're just accepting that it is raining outside today. The next phase is acknowledge the helpful or wholesome, the harmful and the unwholesome, but don't judge it. So just acknowledge those things, but we're not going to put judgment on them. We can just say, this is helpful this is harmful, it's wholesome, it's unwholesome, but we're not going to place our own judgments on it. I'm not sure if that makes sense. The interesting thing about DBT is that you are 
in that in-between stance on things. You're in both at the same time. It's a dialect. And then the hardest part about this is that you don't judge your judging, um, which makes me laugh, but that's all part of the fun. So if you find yourself judging, just accept that you're judging and try and move past that judgment. And honestly, this makes me laugh. Um, and especially when we were learning about it yesterday, because I tend to judge myself a lot. And even with that whole mindfulness exercise, I judged myself for not being good at staying in the exercise and having my thoughts wander. So those are our how skills, um, or part of the how skills, pardon me. Um, the next thing that we looked at was um, being one mindfully in the moment. So the first uh, section was taking a non-judgmental stance. And then we're here at one mindfully in the moment. So with this, you're doing one thing at a time. So if you're eating, eat. If you're watching TV, just watch TV. If you're working, work. And so on. So basically what this is, is calling multitasking, pardon my French, but bullshit. So just do one thing with all of your attention. And I've mentioned this before, I have ADHD, so this is really hard for me to do. Um, but this is something that I'm trying very hard to focus on, even before I learned about um, how skills. I've been trying to work on this for a little while. Um, so we'll see how far I get along here. Um, the next part, again, is interesting for me because of the ADHD. So it's letting go of distractions. So if other actions thoughts, strong feelings distract you, um, you go back to what you were doing and try and refocus on that again and again and again for as many times as it takes to complete that task. <laughs> so say, for example, I'm washing the dishes. But as I'm washing the dishes, I notice that my, I don't know if this would, this would actually never happen, but I notice that my curling iron is still on in the bathroom and I need to go turn that off. And after I turn that off, I realize that the toilet needs to be clean. So then I clean the toilet. And after I clean the toilet, I realize that, hey, I'm out of toilet paper. I should go refill that. So just it's stopping that series of events. So what that is, is stop and go back to the original um, activity. And once you let go of distractions, um, you, you do get better at it and just refocusing your mind. Which brings me to the next part of this one mindfully in the moment, which is uh, concentrating your mind. And uh, when we were learning about this, um, it's funny because I actually started thinking about um, Star Wars for any of you out there that are nerds or geeks like me. So I got thinking about the Empire Strikes Back uh, where Luke is on Dagobah with Yoda. And Yoda tells Luke to focus his mind in order to get his X-Wing out from the swamp and really connect with the Force. That's a really great um, way to visualize what concentrate your mind embodies. So what it's stating is that if you're doing two things at once, or even trying to think about two things at once, stop and go back and do one thing at a time. And when I've been trying to do this for the last little while, um, especially with my ADHD, um, it, it's really hard. And what I do is I make lists. So if something pops up in my head and I know I don't want to forget about it later, I'll kind of write it down 
I'll ask Alexa or Siri to make that a task for me, just so that I know I'll come back to something that popped in my head that seemed important, but I can stay um, concentrated on the activity that I'm currently doing at hand. Um, and then the next part of this is effectively. <laughs> so focus on what works. And that's the first step here, which is do what needs to be done in each situation in order to meet your larger goals. Staying away from thinking about right, wrong, should, should not, fair, unfair. These are all judgments. So just focus on the task in order to meet the goals. Don't think about other other judgments that could impact your ability to do that task. A lot of the time, if we're asked to reconcile a bank account, for example, at work, and that's supposed to be someone else's job, and then where you start thinking that this is unfair, I should not be the one having to do this, this is something that Karen should be doing, then we're not able to accomplish the task. When really, if we just didn't ruminate, we accepted that we need to do it, focus that this task needs to be done we can be done it in five minutes it's the whole process of ruminating that gets us revved up angry and makes it so that this task is a lot harder to accomplish than it needs to be the next um section is uh playing by the rules <laughs> and this is another uh, bit that i found interesting or made me kind of giggle a little bit uh, because I listened to Jordan Peterson's audiobooks a lot. And in these books, he likes to talk about how there are occasions where rules need to be broken and it's acceptable for these rules to be broken for the common good or in order to be courageous. Um, it also helps that when he's talking about this concept, he references it around Harry Potter and how Harry, Hermione, and Ron and their little gang tend to break rules, but in order to save the entire wizarding and muggle world. Um, but that is not the principle of the skill, so I'll get back to that skill, um, which is play by the rules and act as skillfully as you can meeting the needs of the situation you are in and not the situation you wish you were in. Um, so again, let's say we're in a situation where we are stuck on the highway and we need to be getting to the off-ramp. However, we are four lanes over in dead stop traffic and we only have one kilometer to get there. So instead of wishing that I was already in the I say the far left or the far right, because what I mean here is the far left lane. We need to be in the right lane to make that exit. So instead of being angry that we messed up and it came up too fast for that exit, what we need to do is start thinking about what we need to do to get to that right-hand lane in order to make our exit. Not getting mad, just accepting that that's what we need to do and get it done. And the final part of the how skill here is letting it go, um, which is interesting. So this is another uh, thing um, that, at least for me, is really difficult because historically I've had this intense need to have control. Um, it's something that I'm working on releasing, and I know sometimes I still have a problem with it, um, but letting go is so hard. <laughs> um, I'm curious to know if anyone else has that same struggle. Um, in their BPD journey. So what you do in this phase is you let go of useless anger, vengeance, and righteousness that hurts you and doesn't work. 
again, um, the way I would describe that is letting go of those hyperbolic tendencies that we have that really just amp us up, that get us so wound up, so tense, so tight, that we can't accomplish what we need to accomplish in our day-to-day lives, the things that really hold us back or keep us restrained. So that's the how skills. Then we have our what skill. Um, So this skill is different from the how skill because unlike how skills where you can only do one at a time, with what skills you can actually um, do these all at the same time or do two at the same time if you wanted to, three at the same time. Um, they're easier to turn into some kind of compound skill. Um, If you go to the gym, like a compound movement, compounding your skills here. So the first is observe. So be curious of what you feel. Notice how you feel um, without trying to make these feelings stronger or weaker or to make them go away or to last longer. And again, this can be hard. Um, I know when I start feeling overwhelming emotions, I tend to amp myself up or I try and make it weaker. And in doing that, I get frustrated with myself that I can't calm down. And when I do that, again, I just rev myself up and it makes the situation 10 times worse. And then we're going to see how long that feeling lasts and or if it changes. Does it become less intense? Do we move from being sad to being angry? Those kind of things. And then noticing how your feelings flow in and out of your body. And for me, um, the most noticeable way that uh, feelings change for me is um, in my breathing and in my chest and in my stomach. Those are the places that I feel um, the deepest or if I'm crying, um, if I'm crying intensely or if I just kind of am shedding a couple of tears. Another physical way to um, look at how intense feelings are for me. And then the last part of this is letting things slide off of your body and out of your emotions, which can sound kind of hokey, but it's a way to visualize what's happening, kind of, again, just releasing it. Um, Not clinging to an emotion or, again, revving yourself up. Next, we have describe, which, again, is probably the hardest part of all of this for me, um, especially in the what skill. Um, I didn't grow up in an environment where we did um, describing of our thoughts or feelings really of any kind. Um, The joke from my dad and even from my mom on occasion was that we're wasps and we don't talk about things. For those of you who have never heard the acronym WASP, it's a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. And um, my background is British, Irish, Scottish and Welsh. So I'm pretty much as waspy as it gets, really. So in describe, we're going to use words to describe your experience. And we're going to use fact words. Um, For example, a thought is just a thought. A feeling is just a feeling. And you need to use words that everyone understands (laughs) so that you're not trying to explain what you're feeling. And the person you're trying to explain this to has no idea what you might be saying or how you're trying to explain it. Because again, that will just build up frustration both from you and from that other person and what we're trying to do when we're describing our feelings is really be heard um, and understood. We're going to try to avoid emotional words or trying to paint a colorful picture with our words. We're not trying to be Shakespeare or William Blake here. We're just trying to describe things Um, and for me that means avoiding speaking in hyperbole uh, which can be very hard again if you're feeling a lot of emotions. 
you just want to get them out and they're big and they're crazy and they're scary. And I realized that I've talked about hyperbole or hyperbolic tendencies uh, quite a bit in the podcast. So I just wanted to give a definition of hyperbole, which is an exaggerated statement or claims not meant to be taken literally, which is interesting because going back to avoiding using emotional words where you say something like, I'm so sad I might die. That's an exaggeration. Um, at least in most cases, obviously, if you're having suicidal ideation, that should be taken completely differently. And if that is the case, reach out and get yourself to a safe place. But a lot of the time when we're trying to explain our experience, we're either using hyperbole to explain things as being the most amazing ever or the most devastating. And then we want to try and let go of your emotions about being right or about somebody else being wrong while searching for words to describe your experience. And again, this is about just being heard and communicating and not having something seem like an attack, which can happen if you're speaking too emotionally. We're just trying to connect with another person so that we can try and explain how we're feeling. And then finally, we have participate. (laughs) So getting lost in in an activity, whether that be a walk, a hike, getting immersed in a book, or being very present with the person that you're spending time with. We're going to let go of our sense of time while we're doing this particular activity, this something. We're going to be natural in the situation, or we're going to try and be natural. And you're going to practice these skills until they become a part of you, which again, is difficult and I know it's going to be difficult and we'll talk about this a little bit later uh, through my experience but after we discussed these skills the how and the what we then did a group activity where we worked on our describe skill so we all grabbed small objects that would fit in our hand and we were tasked to describe them and the rest of the group had to guess what it was and it was actually a lot of fun it was uh, a way for us to kind of connect as a group And it was interesting seeing how people used, um, I'm going to say basic words, to try and explain complex objects, which is the whole point. We're trying to explain complex emotions using words anyone can understand. And then after this group activity, we got given our homework. There's always homework um, about how we implemented the skills that we just learned in group throughout the coming days or our week. So my big goal for how and what skills are to try and use these in my relationships. Um, I've mentioned that there's some things that I'm pretty good at, um, like just participating. I've gotten very good at um, leaving my phone in another room or in my purse, depending on where I am, when I'm with someone to just allow myself to be present with that person and going along with that I put my watch on airplane mode so I'm not getting messages or alerts coming in I can just focus on the conversations that I'm having with this person um the activities that we might be participating in and especially the conversations um that we are having um on the other hand describe is probably the part of these skills that Um, make me the most nervous. It's not probably here. I am open to saying that I am awful at the described part of these skills and that it does make me nervous and uncomfortable because they just don't come naturally to me. And again, um, those are the skills that we need to work the most on. 
because everyone wants to do the thing that they're good at. No one wants to have something that they're bad at thrown in their face and struggle through it. I call it being clunky. Um, I hate being clunky in conversations, trying to talk about things with people, but I know I have to do it if I want to have the types of relationships that I know I deserve and that I can have if I just act a bit more courageously and practice these skills. Um, I'm going to leave the video clip of the Marsha Linenhan mindfulness in the show notes, as well as some um, diagrams of the how and what skills, just to make sure if I didn't explain it in a way that you guys understand, you have a reference to go back to. Like always, the DBT handbook will be listed in the show notes as well. And then also in the community tab, if you're listening through Spotify here, I'm going to ask you guys, what skills are you good at from this how and what? And it can be the micro skills, so just each little item that I mentioned. And what skills do you struggle with? Um, I'm curious to know. Again, everyone has their strengths and weaknesses, and I'd love to know where you're at on your journey. So until next week's regular episode, hope you're all having a great week, and I will check in with you later. Bye, guys.